Chicago. This is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Ken Mejia Beal, a Democrat. Also, Roberto Montano, a Democrat. Republican Chris Roebling and conservative lawyer Judith Sherwin. Our program tonight coming to you from base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you'd like to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont. I'm sorry, Beyond the Beltway 2019 uh, at uh, gmail.com and also if you want to tweet me a comment it's at dumo at d-u-m-o you can also join us on the world wide web at beyondthebeltway.com and again when you go there you not only can see tonight's show you can also see previous broadcasts from weeks and months and years ago and again we are also live on Facebook and we are live on YouTube so uh, you can find us just about anywhere nice to have you with us this evening we're going to talk about a variety of things we're going to talk about uh, some things that were discussed on some of the Sunday morning shows today, but some things that just uh, just very rarely were discussed today. And one of one of the things we want to talk about this evening is, uh, first of all, a little bit later on, let me mention that uh, Judge Janine Pirro of Fox News is going to join us. She has a new book called Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge, and she will be with us uh, during uh, portions of the second hour this evening. So again, I uh, want to mention that Judge Janine is coming up, and she was on the show several months ago, and she's, uh, as you know, she uh, holds... Uh, she doesn't pull any punches at all, and she'll be with us in hour number two. Um, one thing that we have discussed on this program, and again, it's sort of under the, the title of rumor and innuendo, which is sort of part of our discussion uh, that we've had over 39 years on this program, is there's a lot of rumors and innuendo that, that, that go between the political parties and are part of political campaigns. And, and sometimes if you begin to pull the thread on, on a rumor or innuendo, you find real facts. And again, we've seen presidents and we've seen candidates for president somehow get tripped up by things that are out there. And uh, the other day, um, Hillary Clinton, uh, who has been in some cases a uh, victim, at least she would say, a victim of conspiracy theories, uh, she, she floated a conspiracy theory in which she says that she believes that, that Russia, they've got a candidate uh, in, the, in the race for 2020 president. She didn't mention Tulsi Gabbard by name. But certainly, uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, responded to that, and Hillary Clinton began by began uh, by by saying that that she felt that uh, that the Russians had a favorite, and that uh, that person was a, a Russian asset. She also went on to say that Jill, I mean, was going to be a an independent candidate for president of the United States even though Tulsi Gabbard has said that she would not run as an independent candidate. She also went on, this is Hillary Clinton, she also went on to suggest that Jill Stein, who ran as a third-party candidate, Green Party candidate, in 2016, was also a Russian asset and that she would not likely uh, step aside. 
Well, immediately after that, obviously, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, she referred to Hillary Clinton as the queen of warmongers. Uh, she said that she's part of, uh, and her henchmen in the news, in the, the corporate media have been out to get her and to destroy her. She even referenced that in the debate last week, and she made the comment also. She joined Hillary to get in the race. Let's, let's, let's have it out. So the reason I lay this out is because many times we've talked about conspiracies in this country that are, are being perpetuated by those right of center. We've had some conspiracies that have been perpetuated by those left of center. And I want to begin tonight with our guests who are all establishment participants in the American political system. Um, what do you make of something uh, like that? And I want to begin with you, our Republican, uh, Judith Sherwin. What do you, what do you think? You're not a fan of Hillary's, but speak to what she said or implied. Well, I I am not a fan of Hillary's. I'm not a fan of Tulsi Gabbard's either, all right? However, I think it is the most reprehensible nonsense that I have heard from a candidate. I mean, we have been watching Hillary Clinton go through a public nervous breakdown since 2016, and I think this is just an indication of how far she's gone. I can't even imagine where she came up with this or why she came up with this. And I know that because Gabbard has this different position on on um, the uh, endless wars in the Middle East, that a number of the Democrats have said things about her. I believe Kamala Harris has even called her a Russian asset, at, at least not as directly as Hillary did, but she's done it. So, uh, I I mean, I really think the woman has gone around the bend. I really do. And Roberto Botania was our Democrat. Uh, you support Joe Biden for president, but you're a longtime Democrat. What's your take on what Hillary said? I think she's a private citizen, can say whatever she wants. Uh, I think Tulsi should send her a thank you because it sort of re-energized the Gabbard campaign. Uh, Gabbard's at less than 1%. The margin of error is larger than that. And she's just, you know, it's time for her to do something significant or... But why do you think she would do it? I mean, she's on this... She, she did it in a, in a, in a podcast, a, a partisan par- a podcast. She yeah. didn't do it on network television. Right, But right. she knew that when you, when you utter those words, I mean, they're going to go all over the world. Sure, but it's a podcast, and it's not like mainstream media. It's, not, it's definitely not Beyond the Beltway, right? She wasn't here. Right? <laughs> so it's just, it's just a, it's, I, I, it's a throwaway comment as far as I'm concerned from someone who's a private citizen. And Tulsi's... She already sent out a, a fundraising email. And so she's she, she, she okay. Let's go to let's go to Chris Roebling, uh, who always defends the right of a private citizen to speak out. I, I, yes, <laughs> Hillary has every right in the world to say whatever the heck she wants to say, as as thoughtful or as goofy as it may be. No, no one is contesting that. But she is a leader of the Democratic Party, and she is the former, the immediate past standard bearer of the Democratic Party, and she's commenting on a campaign for president. She's commenting on. Uh, one of the candidates in that campaign and one of the candidates who was on the ballot with her. So this this goes well beyond just, you know, the musings of somebody on their back porch while they're flipping hamburgers or something like that. And I agree uh, with Judith that we are witnessing sort of, I think, a a very sad, very long-time attempt on Hillary's part to understand what happened to her in the 2016 election. And like, here's my my two cents, like the entire Democratic Party, it seems to me that the very last thing Hillary wants to do is listen to the 60-plus million voters 
who chose Donald Trump and who didn't vote mm -hmm. for Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. I just, I cannot understand why the Democratic Party wakes up every morning and says, the first thing we want to do is not listen to anybody who voted to Trump and not try to understand why Trump defeated us and not try to understand what issues we were short on. And this kind of, I, I don't know, uh, Okay. Circular firing squad okay. isn't going to get the Democrats. Chris, anyway. I want to I get uh, Ken Mahia Beal and uh, making his maiden voyage. Nice to have you with us. Great What's your here. take on what Hillary said? So I want to. By the way, you know what? I I, I hate to do this uh, to to a first time guest, but we're about to go to a break because uh, Mr. <laughs> Rumbling, who who tends to rumble and and ramble, uh, but you but but you, you did a nice job. You completely cut out the fourth Democrat to offer their opinion. But when he comes back, he's going to have a whole segment to start by himself. I'm Bruce Dumont from Coast to Coast and Border to Border. Thanks for being with us tonight. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers... NHL star Matt Martin for American Humane. I've had my fair share of bruises and injuries. But for many who put their lives on the line every day, it's not always the injuries you can see that hurt the most. Every single day, 184 veterans are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. When medications and therapy don't help, professionally trained service dogs can. American Humane has created a free guide to help veterans obtain these life-saving animals. For help, please go to AmericanHumane.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and uh, Ken Mejia Beal is here. He is a Democrat, he is a mortgage manager, and he's a candidate uh, for state representative here in the Chicagoland area. And Ken, you were interrupted uh, at the, when we began, so uh, uh, give us your answer as to what you think this Hillary uh, comment was all about. Well, I want to say first off that to be a Russian asset doesn't mean that you have to communicate directly with Russia. You can be an accidental asset. Mm -hmm. um, you can work on your own path and still provide a service or a, a benefit to another country. And I believe that's what the tweet was about. Also, Hillary never mentioned her by name. If you make an accusation and you don't mention someone by name, the person that gets the most offended and responds to it is probably guilty. Um, and that is my belief on the whole tweet. Um, if that tweet were sent out, I mean, we have, I don't know how many Democrats running for president right now. She was the only one that responded. Well, is there any? Are there? Is there anyone else that's running that conceivably could be a third-party candidate? Does, does that does that make her stand out in that field? I mean, anyone could choose to be. Roberto, a Roberto, what do you candidate. think of that? Is there? Do you think there's any other? Do you think? Do you think there's any doubt in your mind who she was referencing? There's over a dozen candidates, but she was definitely the person that was being identified because the follow-up question was if the, <clears throat> if the doll fits. She she, she affirmed this, the. The suspicion. So, do you think she's her. a Russian asset? Um, Ken Ken has described that you know he's expanded the uh, the definition of asset. I mean, do you agree with his comment? The uh, the Russians have a phrase for that called "useful idiot." Um, I would say that the president is a Russian asset. I would say that he has given Putin more than anybody else, and that's who I would be worried about. <clears throat> uh, 
you look at Turkey, for example, Putin is now the power broker. And honestly, I mean, we spend most of our time as political operatives, because I, I was knocking on doors yesterday in Wisconsin, talking mm -hmm. to Republicans, asking how they feel. We don't care at all what Hillary Clinton's talking about these days. We just want to know, where, if, we, if we screwed <coughs> up, if we didn't listen to you, what, what do we do better? That's why we had our debate in Ohio. That's why we're having our convention in Wisconsin, because we're going to those swing states where the people have an opinion. I don't care what Hillary Clinton has to say. Uh, Judith, I want to go back to you. Mm -hmm. uh, Hillary Clinton and the, and the Clinton campaign, the Clinton campaign during the campaign and Hillary Clinton after the campaign have suggested that the, the Russians had their finger on the scale. Uh, not that it was the, maybe the deciding factor, but it was a factor. Now, we've had all kinds of investigations, Congressional and Robert Mueller, and they basically agreed. The Russians did have a campaign uh, to maybe help Hillary Clinton or hurt Donald Trump or whatever the case may be, but they did have a campaign. I mean, I think most people would say <coughs> that was a fact of life of 2016. So Hillary, in, in her mind, and she has backup from Robert Mueller, that there was a Russian campaign to hurt her. And so if there was a Russian campaign to hurt her, does that give her some special knowledge about what the Russians might be up to? In other words, is there, is there a foundation of fact at the beginning of her conspiracy? I think that, that Mueller's report was pretty clear that the Russians were trying to put their <clears throat> finger on the scale, as you put it, in the 2016 election. Right. I don't think with that's... With misinformation. With misinformation. I do not think that that is any <clears throat> different than the Russians have done previously. They've been out to get us before. And other, uh, when they were the Soviet Union, and other American candidates have in many ways sought foreign influence on certain issues, and even from Russia, um, to help in that regard. So I don't know that, that there's anything particularly different about what happened in 2016, except that it has been useful to Hillary Clinton in terms of giving herself some sort of a, a feel-good reason why she lost. It wasn't her. It was the Russians. It was the right. DNC who didn't, who didn't support her. It was WikiLeaks. It was all kinds of things. But none of those people told her not to go to Wisconsin. Right. No, that, none of those people talking. told her not to, not to pay attention to the interests of people in, in Pennsylvania or Ohio. Okay. But Nobody, does she, but that wasn't question, the Russians. Does she have that some, was her. Uh, uh, Chris, does she have some... Some credibility, at least on believing no, no, that the Russians... No, no, okay. No, no, here's why. If she had special knowledge, <clears throat> yeah. as you suggest in the predicate of your question, then it was her burden to introduce that when she's making this otherwise irresponsible attack on a Democratic member of the United States House of Representatives who happens to be running for president right now. And so, so if, she, if she had some special knowledge, if she had some sort of proof or some sort of reason, you know, on information and belief, I'm saying that I think Tulsi Gabbard, you know, blah, 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 that, that was the time for her to put that forward. Having not done so, I think, you know, this is just another episode of Hillary getting further and further into crackpot realm. She's sort of becoming 
a crackpot. But again, with, within the world of intelligence, however, whether it's U.S. intelligence or the KGB, uh, you know because you used to work for the CIA, uh, those things, there isn't any evidence. There isn't any fingerprints well, in these cases. Well, then why is she making this comment about a, a Democrat in good standing in the U.S. House? I mean, I, look, I'm not a fan of Tulsi Gabbard, but I think that the idea that you start through, and this, this, I believe, is 100%. This, this is the fault. This is the responsibility of Ken and Roberto sitting right okay. here. Okay. This is the Democratic Party of 2019 that somebody like Hillary Clinton can go out and just sort of casually say, oh, well, there's uh, some other Democrat out there who's, I don't like the trim of her jib. And therefore, you know, I'm going to say that she's a Russian asset and she may be in the same uh, uh, pod as this Jill Stein. So it, that's what the Democratic Party has descended to, I believe, because of these various currents of Trump derangement and Hillary denial. Okay, Ken. So Hillary is a private citizen, and I believe she has every right to make a hypothesis based on running for president as a former contender. Um, I don't believe what she was – she wasn't – saying it as I have proof that this is happening. It was thrown out casually. Now, with that said, she is a private citizen. Private citizens are allowed to that means Twitter. She's a famous private citizen. She sure is. She but has she, to, know to mention when, she's the former she, Secretary she of State. Mouth, I mean, she can't do that. With she's completely she, irresponsible. She also has freedom of speech. The, the, the fact okay. that Ken does everybody ag- does everybody agree that Hillary she has shows the rot at the center of the Democratic Party that Tulsi's talking about when she responds to Hillary. Right. I am going to say that Hillary has, I believe, twice at this point uh, been accused of being on the verge of a mental breakdown or a crackpot. I do not believe that she is on the verge of a mental breakdown. I do not believe she's a crackpot. I believe that ahead of this election, she is doing her best to be a mentor to Democrats and the she's Democratic doing her best candidates to try to get back in the ring is what she's doing. Do you think so? Uh, do you think that's what absolutely. this is all about? Absolutely. No, I mean Republicans like have gotten a lot of <clears throat> mileage out of uh, she's sick. You know, she had a, a bad episode on September 11th. She she fainted and then. Question to you: Is this uh, to go back to what Judy just said? Is this a plan by her to get back in the game? No, not at all. Who cares? She's retired. She cares. She's not retired. If that's retired, I'd like to I think see she, what she'd be like when she it, was we're, we're not she, the ones harping about Hillary. No. It's you guys. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We it, were asked a question. We're giving it, a response. That, that's exactly I just the heard, problem. I just heard at this table uh-huh. that if somebody in the United States voices the same opinion on, on some world issue as, as some Russian either Vladimir Putin or anybody else, that makes them a Russian asset. That is absolutely McCarthyism, regrown in, in 2019. I just heard, I just heard Ken say it. You can play the tape. Sure. You can unknowingly be a useful idiot. That was what you said, Roberto. That's what our president just is. Because, no, he's not. Oh, I believe he is. Just because he has a position that he thinks that we need to not go to war with Russia. Right. Do you want to go to war with Russia? Let me tell you who Do the you useful idiot is. I'll tell you who the useful idiot is. We're at war with Russia right now. Just about Roberto. Just a second. Just about Roberto. Your response. Your response, and then we're going to go to this. Responsible. We are at war with Russia. 
and and if you can't see that, I'm sorry. But you know, there's a reason that that Mattis stepped down when we pulled out of Syria. There's a reason that he didn't step down when we pulled out of Syria. He stepped down long before that. What, what because of the because he on? was re- because he wasn't being listened to on he, Syria. Oh, really? You know that he told you, right? Michael Flynn. Mike, well, you should read the book. Mike, Michael Flynn was at that same table with Julia Stein, right? So, so there's an argument there for Michael Flynn being groomed. And by the way, he's in jail. Uh, Giuliani. No, is, actually, he's, he's not, not in jail. jail. What are you what, talking what are about? You talking what planet are you people I, living I in? I was referring to Manafort. I, I, I was going to go to Manafort. I apologize. So Manafort, Michael Cohen, Michael Flynn, Rick Gates, Papadopoulos. There's a long list of Manafort people. Manafort was working for Ukraine none the of last these guys, I don't know what no, you're talking about. None of this about. had anything to do with Russians. All of this had to do with issues prior to or, or post the, 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 the Flynn. Didn't two of Giuliani's associates just get picked up by the FBI? That's got nothing to do with anything. It's Chris Roebling. Chris Roebling. useful idiot here. If, if you want it, if you go and you, and you listen to John Kerry in his speech to the Syrian <clears throat> Democrats who made it to the United Nations to discuss with Kerry where is the support for the Syrian Democrats. And Kerry himself says, and th- this is in his own words, he says, Barack and I thought that ISIS would induce Syria to come to us. We did not understand that Syria would turn to Russia. That is how Obama is the useful idiot. Obama is responsible for the Russians getting back their base in Syria, and they are now in Syria to stay and we are going to deal with it for generations. We've got to pause. 1-800-723-8289. Some kids never smile. They're embarrassed by their crooked teeth. They want braces like the other kids, but their families can't afford them. Some may even try to straighten their teeth themselves. That can make everything worse. Luckily, there's Donated Orthodontic Services, a program from the American Association of Orthodontists. It helps provide orthodontic treatment to kids and teens whose families can't afford it. For kids who apply, are approved, and are matched with a volunteer orthodontist, it can be life-changing. Their treatment is in the hands of an expert, a licensed local orthodontic specialist who improves their smiles by correctly aligning teeth and jaws. Some kids think they'll never smile again, but donated orthodontic services may help them smile with confidence. To link to the application and eligibility requirements, visit aaoinfo.org. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. Bruce Dumont, back in Chicago. Nice to have you with us. We've got four great guests this evening, and we're going to let them introduce themselves. And we're going to begin with our Democrat, one of our Democrats, Roberto Montano. My name is Roberto Montano. I'm a Chicago realtor and a um, big fan of the show, so thank you for having me. Just very Natalie tonight. Also, Judith Sherwin joins us. She's a Democrat. Oh, she's a re- former Democrat. 
Doesn't want to be known as a Republican, <laughs> but wants to be known as a conservative. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you used to be very liberal. Very liberal. When we first met many years ago. Right. Anti-war, but, George McGovern liberal. And I feel like I haven't changed at all. It's just the world has changed around me. I am Judy Sherwin. I am an attorney in Chicago. I practice uh, litigation and commercial litigation. I also teach at Loyola University Law School, uh, ethics and constitutional law, and I enjoy being on the show. Good. Ken Mejia Beal joins us for the first time. Ken, who are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. My name is Ken Mejia Beal. I'm a candidate for Illinois State Rep in District 42. I'm also a writer, I'm a co-chair for the NAACP's Climate Change uh, Division. It's good to be here. And you're running. You've run before, correct? No, this is my first, first time. time. I've worked with a lot of other Democratic candidates. I'm the former program director for the Democratic Party of DuPage County. Okay, very good. And Chris Roebling making his umpteenth visit on this program. <laughs> it's my umpteenth visit, and it's good to be back with all of you. And thank you for watching or listening. Uh, it's always a privilege to be on Bruce's program. Thank you. A follow-up question to you, because uh, uh, there's many people that uh, live in Chicago. They know that you were a long time uh, involved with the City Club of Chicago uh, and have been an officer in the past. I am an officer And now. you are an officer now. And, and, and <laughs> the question is, uh, because there was a raid, a federal raid. On the... There wasn't really a raid. Okay. Was a... What was it? Who showed up we, and what did they ask for? We ha a subpoena was served on us. Yes. And, and like many, many other organizations yes. in this very wide-ranging investigation that we all know about here in Chicago into yeah. our speaker of the, apparently into the speaker of the house, uh, uh, the state house in our Illinois General Assembly. His name is Michael Madigan. He's the longest-serving speaker of all uh, state house speakers right. and the federal house in the United States, right. Madigan being in there for some give or take 35 years. So there apparently is a federal investigation, and like many other institutions and entities in the region or in the state, we received a subpoena, and we have cheerfully and immediately responded. This was back in May, and um, we have not heard from the investigators. Well, what have they said that, what do they think you did? When I say you, I mean the... They said we're not a subject of the investigation. They just, but somebody, they were, knocks, somebody knocks on your door and they don't tell you why they're there? They, oh, they, very they, often. Very common. It's, it's, a, it's a federal grand jury subpoena that emanates from the same place as all these others. And we were asked for documents, and we provided documents. We provided our computers. Okay. We answered questions. We worked with the, uh, or the uh, investigators. And we haven't heard from anybody since the very first week of August. Okay, very good. Uh, let us go to calls. Let's go to Gary listening to us in Concord, New Hampshire on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Great show tonight. Great guest. I just want to ask Thank the you. Democrats one simple question. Yes. After the Uranium One scandal of $145 million going to the Clinton Foundation, uh, and that was uh, signed million, off while through Secretary of State allowing million, them million. to get 20% of uranium, why are we thinking that the Clintons aren't the ones connected to Russia, and why aren't we worried more about China? Well, I agree a lot uh, with your last statement about China. You know, we, we have some concerns about China with human rights and what's happening in Hong Kong, but Clinton's sort of not part of what we worry about on a day-to-day -day basis. I would be more concerned about those folks that are, you know, losing their, their civil liberties and defending democracy. 
Uh, but we can talk about China, but Hillary Clinton is just not part of the conversation, at least not in our, our circles. But Gary, you know, I mean, why do you still think Hillary Clinton's relevant? No, uh, but the point is, everyone said Trump is a Russian asset, and now we've got um, Gabbard, a Russian asset. Everybody's a Russian asset. You know what? This is this is all uh, what magicians do, and it's in a book the CIA uh, has used many years ago from the 50s from a magician called The Art of Deception. Let's get everyone focused on my left hand while I'm picking your pocket with my right. Mm -hmm. The only people really tied to Russia goes all the way from Mueller to Comey to Clinton. And this is all coming out well, in the next few months. If and I may it's say, been out for a little while. Uh, I appreciate the call yes. because I, I think I have consistently referred to the Uranium One scandal as a very serious breach of duty by not just Hillary Clinton, uh, and it was $145 million. I, I, I think the caller said with a true heart, billion, but it was actually a million, millions. And uh, the Uranium One scandal bears a lot of attention. And it, it's, it's a situation in which uh, many things uh, went horribly wrong. And in my opinion, it... Whoops. Go ahead. It conflicted out Rod Rosenstein for his role in the Uranium One scandal as the United States attorney for the state of Maryland at the time, and it conflicted out James Comey, and it conflicted out uh, Mueller. Uh, Robert Mueller. So, so the Uranium One scandal actually cast a very large shadow, and to the point about Russia, the only person who is proven to have colluded with Russia in 2016 is Hillary Clinton, and uh, through her cutouts to generate the phony dossier, which was done so, I believe, uh, it, it's, it's, on, it's on the public record, with Russian support. So you're, you're talking about uh, Hillary now accusing somebody else of being a Russian asset. I agree with the caller. All of the evidence in the balance indicates that Hillary is the one who's been soft on think, Russia. Do you think, I'm going to ask our Democrats, do you think that each presidential candidate should be asked what they think of Hillary's charges Absolutely against not. one of their candidates? No. I think the, the questions that these Democratic candidates should be asked are about our economy, about the way we are going to move forward as a country, how we're going to unite as a country because we're completely divided, what we're going to do about health care, infrastructure. We have bridges that are falling apart. But, they're, but they are being asked about those questions. The, I think those should be the questions that they are asked about, not about a private citizen's tweet about Tulsi when the form, When the tweet, tweet, it was a tweet. Or a podcast in a, interview. Or Got it. This, I apologize. This is I misspoke. the former Secretary of State, the former First Lady of the United States. I misspoke. Roberto. I, I, don't, I could not care less about Hillary Clinton right now. I'm worried about Iowa. I'm worried about New Hampshire. About Joe Biden. Joe Biden. How, how badly do you think Joe Biden has been hurt or helped by uh, the way in which the president has brought up Hunter Biden and, and his involvement with the vice president? When he was the vice president, how badly has he been? You know, hurt? I think you or do can. Do you think he's been helped by it? No, I think he's been hurt by it, and I think yeah. you see that a lot in the fundraising. He's at nine million dollars, and for the co-front runner, and the reason for that is that he hasn't connected in the small dollar donors. He just hasn't gotten any cash from the small dollar, and there's no evidence to suggest that Biden will be able to raise money from everyday people. That's Why a big not? problem. Well, he, I thought he was a man of the people. I thought he was from you know. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure the kids from Scranton, the kid from Scranton will carry Pennsylvania for sure if he's a nominee. And I believe sure? 
if he's sure? if he's nominee. If he, if he can't raise money from those very people, why are they going to vote for him? Well, because everybody's on the wait and see to see who the nominee is. But who's doing? So, so my my opinion is that Biden's is is hurt to answer your question, because there's this cloud around him. Now I'm still with Biden, uh, but I'm giving a hard look to uh, Buttigieg. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him because... How, how can anybody look at a guy who, in the middle of the campaign, has a press conference in his home city where he is the mayor? So he's the mayor of a city of, I don't know, maybe 50,000 people or something, and he wants to be president of the free world. Okay, that's crazy, but fine. Now, let's take a look. There is a shooting that takes place in the middle of the campaign. Tragedy, a tragedy, a tragedy. He goes home, and he then makes two inviolable statements. He says... I have failed in my plan to integrate my police force here at South Bend. Then he says, number two, those police who are here in South Bend have failed to take up my attempts at sensitivity training so that we will not shoot innocent people who are unarmed. How can you then say that you're looking at this guy to be the leader of the free world when he cannot manage, by his own admission, this is not some Republican, he can't manage the South Bend Police Department? Because he he admitted to being a fallible person. He admitted to making a mistake. Does anybody have to admit that? More importantly, would you rather have a president who knows what he's doing or a well, president who can't manage I did, the South Bend Police Department? I, <laughs> I also did not vote for the host of Celebrity Apprentice. So Mayor Pete does have experience as a governor. More governor. importantly, I mean, a as a mayor, I misspoke again, as That's a mayor. Okay. However, but there's a after, question is, after, the, the, the question is that, that Chris put on the table is mm-hmm. what does it say about his leadership? Just he, just when he's been under fire in the last several months. That he made a mistake. And after he made the mistake, he actually did go on a bit of a tour to find and to talk to normal, common voters like myself to find out what he can do better. How come you he haven't endorsed table. him? How, how, I'm how sorry? come you have not endorsed him? I have not endorsed anyone for president because I'm still taking the approach of waiting and seeing and um, doing my due diligence. What, do you, what, do you, what are you waiting for? Um, is, is it because you're running for office and you don't want people who disagree with you on who your? But you're probably is? busy when you're running for office Correct. on your campaign, <laughs> for one. And, and I think as a and, candidate, uh, you have to be. Uh, in, I mean, to be completely honest, I am focused 99 percent of the time on my course, campaign myself. Yeah. I don't want to publicly say something and then there's a crazy news article that I just haven't gotten a chance to read to be completely honest with but you. But Pete's raised $23 million this quarter. Well, I know that. And, and that, that shows the markets are, 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 are rallying behind him. He's number two on everybody's dance card for the Iowa caucus, which is not winner take all, right? And but so, he's not, But he's not doing well with African-American voters. He's at like 2%, and I don't right. know how you win the Democratic nomination. Uh, how or can let you alone, a Democrat nominee gotta, and not have strong support in the African-American community? we got to pause. Right. That bodes well for Back Biden. shortly for Chicago. Hi, I'm Debbie Childress, director of the Grayson County Alliance, a food pantry in rural Kentucky. Thanks to a local farmer, we recently received a $2,500 donation from America's Farmers Grow Communities, sponsored by the Monsanto Fund, a philanthropic arm of Bayer. As a result, we expanded a classroom where we teach families about nutrition and personal finance. I encourage all farmers to enroll for a chance to direct a $2,500 donation to a local nonprofit. Visit growcommunities.com. 
To prepare for possible telecom outages, create an emergency communications plan. First, check important cell phone contacts and note local non-emergency numbers. Store at least one contact as in case of emergency and make sure that person knows if you have medical issues. Also, make sure everyone in your house knows how to text. Check backup batteries and fully charge all phones and rechargers and sign up to receive mobile alerts. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. Let's go to calls. Rodney listening to us in Nobel, Oklahoma on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Go ahead. Hello, Bruce, and thanks for having me on. It's a great show. Thank you, sir. Um, you're welcome. Um, I One of the things that I've been interested in lately and reading a lot about is um, how both sides of what I would call the two-way drinking side, so the left and the right, but particularly the right with Donald Trump. You know, I always wondered how Hitler got elected, or better yet, how somebody could stand in a Roman square and holler Barabbas, Barabbas. And, and you know, it, 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 and I think that's what we're facing right now, is we're facing a lot of people following a demagogue and they're willing to believe any crackpot theory um, that comes down the pike. And now Hillary Clinton's even in on it. Um, this is just amazing how rational thought is gone in America. Um, but but it is explainable psychologically. I mean, there's a book called uh, Why We Fight that, that I think really is uh, insightful. But nevertheless, um, it's in, incumbent on those of us who can critically think um, to um, say something about this. And, and um, I'd just like to hear your guest opinion. I want to I I get uh, Judy to respond first, but I do want to ask you a question before you go. What's your answer to the question? Well, um, I think that in many respects, the United States is is going through a sort of mass hysteria on a number of issues. I think it's being stoked by political figures, and it's being stoked by the media. Um, and I think that it would behoove us all to step back from the precipice. Um, so I would agree that there is that this is a problem. I do not, I don't know that I agree with with uh, the comparisons to Hitler. Uh, there are many reasons why Hitler uh, was elected, and he was elected, um, that I don't think are necessarily present in our day. However, I do believe we're looking at a mass hysteria, and I believe that it is in the best interest of a number of people to fan those flames. And I think the question that started the show tonight is is about a question like that that was clearly meant to fan the flames because not only was it aimed at Tulsi Gabbard, who, as I said, I'm not a great fan of, but I would defend her on this. Um, it was aimed at Jill Stein, who I'm also not a great fan of. Uh, I heard somebody sitting at this table accuse her of being a Russian asset because she was sitting at a table at a conference with Vladimir Putin. I mean, these kinds of things are detrimental to our company and their, our country, and they are taking us to a place 
We really don't want to go. It's a very fragile compact that we have. How do you? We need to stop stepping on it. How do you? How do you have the serious conversations about what's right and what's wrong with America when anyone that steps up and out and says something that you disagree with? is going to be perceived as an asset of somebody. Either either they're a Nazi right. or a Nazi sympathizer right. or they're well, pro Russian. Yeah. Right. And so how do you have how do you have those discussions? Because when you think about it, if you think about the goal of the Russians to, to, disru- to disrupt, isn't this what the this Russians is exactly want? Is it Adam want. Schiff? Isn't Adam Schiff? Right. They Absolutely. always exacerbate pre existing contradictions in a in a target society. And right. they've been doing it for 80 years, and, and, and they did it before that. I mean, they did it before they were the Soviets, and they're doing it after they were the Soviets. I want to make this point, though, about the Democrats. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the, the Democrats have to own up to the fact that they are coasting, notwithstanding Roberto's statement, which I think is probably well-intended and, and true-hearted, that... Here's not waking up every morning wondering about uh, Hillary Clinton. I don't deny that. However, there is no question to anybody who, who views contemporary debate and discourse clearly that Hillary's introduction of the deplorable theme metastatized into the irredeemable theme. And I believe that it is the first time in American political history that one side has said the other side's supporters are themselves irredeemable. And, and, and I think this is, this is a truly epochal moment because you're not seeing Trump say Hillary supporters are irredeemable or, um, uh, uh, what was it, deplorables. Deplorable. Okay? We, I, I think every Republican— They're haters. He says they're haters, though. Well, they're, they're, and there is a lot of hate going around. Right. But the fact is they're trying. We want those people to vote for Trump. And the fear, I think, in the Democratic Party is that African-American men are going to start voting for Trump because of jobs, and Hispanic families are voting for Trump because of jobs, and because they came here legally and they don't want to see the illegals getting differential treatment. But the point here is Hillary says they're deplorable, they're irredeemable, and that is categorizing an entire 60 million people as beyond the reach of conversation. And I think that's a historical uh, detriment to the Democratic Party. We are going to a break right now. When we come back, we're going to start with our Democrats to respond uh, to that. Also, we'll take some more telephone calls, 1-800-723-8289. In the next hour, we'll also be talking about some other issues. And we'll be hearing from Judge Jeanine Pirro from Fox News, author of a book called Radicals, Resistance and Revenge, the three R's. Back shortly after news, don't go away. And if you're watching us on television, we'll see you soon as well.
Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up at Movember.com and raise funds to help change the face of men's health. GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes. From loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources, and Services Administration. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and uh, we're continuing a conversation we began in the last hour. And I want to talk with uh, you, Roberto, and the and, and Ken, the, the Democrats tonight. Uh, and the issue was sort of where we are as a country, uh, the body politics, the, the public discourse. Uh, how bad is it now? Uh, oh. and, and where does it go in the future? I is wa- there a happy ending somewhere? Ken? I think there is a happy ending, and I, I want to say – uh, during the last segment, we discussed the the deplorable comment, which I can honestly say did no good. And I would never use a comment like that to describe a group of people in this country um, because words matter. But actions also matter. And uh, during the same time, we had someone calling Mexicans rapists. We had someone. That's untrue. That's untrue. It, it did not happen there, that way. There, it did not happen. There's a there's a tape. Yeah, the tape does. The tape shows that you're wrong. Okay. Well, 
It was. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it there was, is a tape, and, and it shows, it shows you're, you're wrong. wrong. It it was it was said the the content was said during um I the think the words were said. Oh, but they correct. Said, he said some. Correct. Mexicans are not sending their best. They're sending rapists. Correct. It doesn't. He doesn't say all Mexicans are rapists. I right. didn't and say that he said all calumny, Mexicans are and racist. That is, that is just the typical more kind of libel that Democrats are living in. And but spe- specifically not libel, said, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sure there are some time. very nice let's, people. Let's, let's let them let's let Because what I'm going to get to is action. We also have a president that was actually found guilty of not renting to African-American tenants. That's so, not true. No, that's, that's not, not true either. That's false. That's not true that's either. There was an enforcement action that... That was uh, reached an agreed okay. to settlement. Okay, he settled. Okay, but my well, he point, didn't settle. That's well, another falsehood. My point. It was his father who settled. Okay, my okay. point. So, so I mean, if this is this is exactly the kind, I, with all respect to yep, our my first time appearance here, this is where the Democratic Party is living now in a whole tissue of fabrications. With the the purpose of which is to try and get out a vote. To no, my my point increase taxes and fund I, the I, I do want to say my point on. was on both sides. We have to look at what we're saying and what we're doing. Well, Actions. I are think important. that would be the point of Chris's and speaking yeah. is discussion important. But just to now. but to say that our discourse is off only because Hillary Clinton called a group deplorables is. Not no, but but, but also you, you it was not the, correct. one it of the other reasons accurate. why so many Americans despised Hillary Clinton. Yeah, they despised exactly. Hillary Clinton. They couldn't vote for her. They didn't agree with Donald Trump. But you know what? Things had gotten so bad in their lives, they took they 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 took a, they took a, a flyer. We're gonna we're gonna go with this guy. I mean, that was the problem. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Roberto, I want to get your response, and then we're going to go back to calls. What I think is delightful is that for an hour, we, we've been chatting about like last the last cycle, and that's not no, what no, I care about. No, no, we're actually chatting about this cycle. Well, not this n- happened n- a couple of days that's ago. That's not what I'm doing. Well, I, what's wrong with well, the I'm highest not, level of employment in recorded history? I'm not what's criticizing that What's wrong with the either. fact that since the 21st of January 2017, but I, 80% I of the, the new jobs is, what are Democrats talking about? That's what, are, yeah, right? what are Democrats talking the about? Is, what are so I, 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 I want to give a shout out to the Kenosha Democrats. I spent the whole day with them yesterday. Okay, good. And 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 we were we, we talked we talked to nobody but Republicans. All we did was listen to them. And what did they say? You know, they 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 felt that they were for Trump. They yeah. weren't necessarily for the party, yeah. and uh, they felt that that you know Hillary. And I'll, I'll tell you what they said about Hillary. Right. They said she couldn't even come by to see right. us. Right. Okay. Well, well this we don't. Yeah. This there you go. We, and, there we, you and we go. acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And Did we, the Russians make and them we, do and, that? And then we explained. And <clears throat> you were right. You know. And, and and we get it. And that's why we're having our convention here in Wisconsin. Yeah. And that's why to we had our, to win the our state. debate that's to listen right. and try to have that conversation. And that's why we had our last debate in Ohio. And we're working on our ground game. We're talking to people, like friendly people Good. coming to visit to listen to you. That's and, good. And that's that, what you should that's be doing. That's what we're doing. Right. That's, we're not, we, we this don't is care the first what Clinton's report. doing. It's the first report I'm getting yeah. of that activity in Wisconsin. Yeah. Which well, is good. Uh, that's we'll what going, you've got to we'll, do. We'll be going that's, back every, every weekend. Anybody wants to join us? Let, you know, just. Okay. Yeah. What is, in your view, what is the single biggest message that Joe Biden has to communicate? What is it? Why does he want to be president other than it fills out his resume, which is exactly what could be said for uh, for Hillary Clinton, exactly what could be said for Bob Dole? I mean, th- th- why? Why does he want to be 
president of the United States. Well, um, you know, my, my heart is with Joe. I, I want Joe to be our, our nominee. Why does he want to be president of the United States? I, I Answer think, my question. I think he feels that he can add a lot on foreign policy. I think that's what he would call his strength. And his, his brand of politics is going to be... <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. His what? brand no. of politics is going to be a little bit more collaborative. collaborative. He's not going to be authoritarian. He's going to go... Th- through the, you know, I'll, he'll go down to the Senate like he always has, and he'll have conversations across the aisle. Do you believe? No. Do you understand that at this point in time, maybe, maybe for some Americans, <clears throat> that is the style of a wimp. That's the style. That's the style. That's that's the the, the polite, uh, rhetorical style that was rejected by the American people. That's why that's why they voted for a guy who talks like he's the guy at the end of the bar, that's because right. that's the way they talk. Well, they I don't, they're not I, polite. I don't think you need to be a tough guy. I don't think you need to be a tough guy. I don't think you need to be a tough guy to be reasonable. And I think that Joe Biden has a lot to offer in terms of relationships. And, um, you know. Where has he been tough? I'm saying he doesn't have to be a tough guy. Yeah. I'm saying that there's a lot of empty So rhetoric. we're going to have, we're gonna have uh, a tough guy against a. Polite guy. I would say that Trump isn't a tough guy. I would say that he's. You got, would. I, I he would, would be the only person in the. Well, you know, if he was a tough that. guy, he would have got his spurs, you know, in Vietnam instead of from a doctor. Oh, please, please. You know, he's not really a oh, tough guy. On. That's he's a, a good smart talker. guy. Right. That's a smart guy. Okay. It's so uh, an unpatriotic guy who didn't well, do his a, duty when he was called. Could be. That's a coward. Could, and yeah, or that's a coward. Okay, but again, you know what? Sixty-two million people knew that, and they still voted for him. Are they all cowards? Right. No, of course not. Not but, to mention, well, not, not to mention that, that in the era they, that he did not go to Vietnam, he was of a generation of a lot of young men who did not go to Vietnam because they were in school, they had medical issues, they had all kinds of issues why they didn't go. So just because he didn't go, and you found what you consider to be phony bone spurs does not make him either a coward or unpatriotic. General Mathis says okay. it is. Let's, let's go That's to not line what he two. Said. Let's go to- that is not what he said because he's a much more polite human being than Ooh. that. That's Mattis in his speech at the yeah, Al Smith yeah, dinner. He, he made a, a joke about it. He made a joke about so it. So he made a joke about right. it. Let's go Why to line not? two. Patrick, you're on the air. Go ahead. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate your taking my call. Thank you, sir. I just had a very basic question. I I had never known or read anything about Joe Biden's son doing, uh, you know, getting the gig with Ukraine or China until it, it broke with the Trump-Ukraine yes. discussion. Right. And I'm just wondering why the group would think that might be. I mean, as in, I, I am a very informed, I'd like to think I am. Uh, person, but I had no knowledge of this whatsoever. And I think the, uh, the, Patrick, the answer to your question is, I don't think many Washington based journalists care too much about looking back at what happened, you know, four or eight years ago. That's number one. Number two, uh, he was a member of the Obama administration. They were not very uh, uh, aggressive in looking for things there. And they didn't think there was anything uh, wrong with it. And that's that's why you're learning about it now, because the president of the United States uh, has us talking about it. He's gone. Well, I'm, I'm not. The economy is not working for everybody. 
especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA because numbers count. NHL star Matt Martin for American Humane. I've had my fair share of bruises and injuries. But for many who put their lives on the line every day, it's not always the injuries you can see that hurt the most. Every single day, 184 veterans are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. When medications and therapy don't help, professionally trained service dogs can American Humane has created a free guide to help veterans obtain these life-saving animals. For help, please go to AmericanHumane.org. Bruce Dumont, Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and we are on the air. We are all on the air, folks, so watch what you have to say. Uh, in just a few moments, we're going to be joined by Judge Janine Pirro, author of the book Radicals, uh, Resistance, and Revenge, and she'll have a lot to say, and uh, uh, we will hear from her in just a moment. We'll take a call in just a moment. But I want to just take a moment to, to share with you something that I had uh, an opportunity to experience this past week. It was one of the most enjoyable sort of public lectures uh, that I've attended in a long time. I went to see Ronan Farrell, uh, the, mm. the, the Pulitzer Prize winning writer who basically broke the Harvey Weinstein story or certainly expanded it, a, a part of a team that certainly broke it. And he's written a new book called Catch and Kill. Catch and Kill is about the origins of the uh, investigation into Harvey Weinstein and the, uh, the, the development of the Me Too movement. Now, before you say, why would I want to read that book, is because part of the story, a big part of the story, is how NBC News killed that story. That's, that's the kill in this book. It's called Catch and Kill. And again, this is the story of a reporter, Cronin Barrow and his, uh, his producer, they were both in attendance at the Harris Theater in Chicago, part of Chicago Ideas Week. They told chapter and verse as to what happened to them when they had this huge story. And NBC crushed it. They smashed it. They basically told Ronan Farrell, go pedal it someplace else. He went to pedal it someplace else. And he gave, them, he, he gave the New Yorker the opportunity to break the story that he had worked on at NBC News. And he talks about the decisions and, and the things that were said to him by the executives of NBC News that were in place then. And you know what? They're in place now. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about how, how networks, by the way, I, 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 you may not see this program at some point in the future for what I'm about to say, but I'm just going to say it. We've talked about the, 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 the insidious nature of network news. This is chapter and verse how one network, a very powerful network, killed a story. And as I was listening to this story delivered by Ronan Farrow, who again is viewed by many as this great reporter, and he is, what reminded me of back during the impeachment of William Jefferson Clinton when Lisa Myers, one of their respected network correspondents, right, right. had an interview with Juanita Broderick, mm-hmm. right. who had alleged that Bill Clinton raped her right. on camera. Lisa Myers had done the necessary background, and NBC killed that story. 
And as I was listening to Ronan Farrow tell his story about how he and his producer were trying to get the story of Harvey Weinstein out, they kept running into pressure from Harvey Weinstein, from thugs that were Mm -hmm. hired by Harvey Weinstein, by friends, other media people that were putting up pressure, building a climate to kill this story. And I said to myself, boy, that story sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was the same M.O. that was used against Lisa Myers to kill the story of Juanita Broderick and allegations of rape against Bill Clinton. Now, again, (laughs) I'm going to let you read the book. You may disagree with it, but i got to tell you, it, it is, it's a phenomenal book. It's available. You've got to go out and get it. It's called Catch and Kill. Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. And again, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great story of journalistic integrity and how, how two reporters, when they run into the power of, of a network, especially when that power of the network is there to, to, to keep the truth from coming out, because the guy they're going after was a sacred cow and they wanted to protect him. Mm-hmm. And by the way, all this was going on while Matt Lauer right. Right. was host of the Today Show. Right. I, it's, it's absolutely devastating. If you haven't read it, I'm, I'm going to recommend this book more than anything I've ever recommended on this program because it gets to the heart of a corrupt television news operation. That's correct. And one that yes. I grew up admiring more than any other. Me too. I, in my home... NBC, uh, Huntley and Huntley Brinkley. Huntley and Brinkley, yes. Uh, that, they were the gold standard. Uh, Richard Valeriani, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Garrick Utley, uh, to use a name, a very big Chicago name. But uh, NBC was, to me, the gold standard for broadcast news, not CBS. My parents were both AP reporters, and they never liked Cronkite's UP background. And so we were AP people, and we were NBC people, and we believed in NBC. And to see what happened during the Lisa Myers example, or the fact that, you know, this guy Weinstein, who's absolutely brilliant about what was going on at NBC, knew that there were all of these skeletons dancing in Matt Lauer's closet, and then he triangulated through the, apparently, the, uh, the National Enquirer and American yes. Media Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Right to put pressure on NBC, saying, if you do anything with Weinstein, then we're coming back at you over Lauer. Oh, wow. And that's how, that's, yeah. mm-hmm. there was just enormous pressure. There's a great podcast by And I'm going to predict Brooks. something else. There will be, because in, in my view, NBC is the most, I, I would say they're, they're, they're right there with CNN yeah. as being an anti-Trump. Utterly Trump. Network. Yes, they're, they're yeah. entirely yeah. corrupt. Yeah. Network. Well, there's one other and point. Democrats never get upset about this. No. They they accept the support. Well, they would be very the, upset about it if it were going right, against Democrats. Right. They get upset about Fox News, which can right. barely find its keys in the morning. Right. I, I, uh, but but there's one other point I'd like I, to I make about say, NBC. Uh, if uh, I can uh, finish. Uh, oh, no, this will be quick. I'm sorry, Judith. No, um, no, it's okay. Just as a, as a Democrat, I do want to say we. As a party, I'm going to speak on behalf of most of the party here. We care about sexual accu- uh, sexual assault accusations. Uh, they are important to us, and I am happy that these um, accusations are being taken seriously. Oh. I am I am not upset about this at all. Um, I'm not upset that 
these the that NBC and Harvey Weinstein and all of this is happening, I am happy that people are actually listening to the victims of these crimes. I I totally so I, I, totally, I want to make that clear. I totally agree with that, yes. and the Me Too movement is is a spin out of that, and I think that's that's a good that's a good Absolutely. thing but, for the body the story, politic. But we can't forget that the people that tried to kill the story are still right. in a position of power. Right. What story are they killing or right. promoting tomorrow? And, right. and, and, and I'm just going to say, between now and Election Day, here's a prediction, between now and Election Day, there will be a bombshell story that will try to blow President Trump out of office. Oh, of course. Every time he does anything good, there's a bombshell story. But the Bigger the, than anything we've seen. Well, God knows what that'll be. But the point is that this is, I, I agree that, that it is important to take allegations of sex sexual abuse seriously and Matt Lauer is a dog and somebody should have exposed him but the and so is Harvey Weinstein based on everything we've heard but this story is not about sexual abuse the story is about a major American network corporation that decided that it was more important to have a narrative that was important to them the narrative about Bill Clinton to keep to keep Broderick stuff from from the public, the way they tried to keep Harvey Weinstein, and and the, the what they are doing with respect to Donald Trump, there isn't a good word that is spoken about Donald Trump ever on CNN or on on NBC or on MSNBC for that matter, and and I wanna I wanna make a, a legal point if I can, and, and then I'll stop. Sure. There's a very famous Supreme Court case it's called New York Times versus Sullivan, which which some of you have heard of, some of you haven't, but it has to do with with reporters. It has to do with libel and slander, which is saying something that is untrue about somebody. Generally, you as a private citizen, if someone says something untrue about you and it hurts you in your business or your life, you can sue them. Public figures can't do that because of New York Times versus Sullivan, except for one instance. If the plaintiff who's bringing the lawsuit can show actual malice, meaning the person wrote the story, they had a reason to hurt the person they were writing about, they hated the person they were writing about, and they went ahead and they told the story anyway, okay, that's actual malice under the law. There, there's some other issues with it as well, but that's actual malice. I would submit to you that what Project Veritas came up with this week oh my God. about Jeffrey Zucker oh. constitutes actual malice Absolutely. on the part of NBC. It's now, deranged. I don't know. I, he's deranged. CNN. CNN, C uh, CNN Zucker, excuse CNN. me. Yeah. yeah now, I, I'm sorry, CNN. I don't know if, if anybody's going to sue them over that. But they could. I really believe they could. This is a very, very interesting area of American constitutional law. And I think that any court in the world is going to look at those tapes and what was going on at CNN, and they are going to find actual malice with respect to Zucker and the President of the United States. I don't know why, but clearly it's there, and clearly it has skewered everything they've done since the election. Roberto. You know, I just want to echo something that one of our uh, listeners said, Adam Smith. He's, he just texted in, text in, so to give it a voice, Adam says, you should be on the Patriot Channel, not Progress. You're so far to the right, you're the next storm front. So I'm just, this is verbatim. 
NBC kills stories of abuse? Really? How about all the people on Fox accused of the same stuff? Where's the outrage? Where are those I, stories? I'm completely like what? Let let me, they, let, there's let, a freaking movie he, coming out. Okay, go ahead. You can go see Nicole let him, Kidman. Let, let, let him finish. Let him finish. Statement. Those guys get massive golden parachutes and disappear. The left has no problem getting rid of its own. Matt Lauer, where's he working? Seriously, where? No one on our side will touch him now, but your Hannity's, your O'Reilly's are all safe and welcome, just like Trump. Nope. Hannity no. hasn't been accused of anything. Hannity what are you talking about? Let, let's, let's let him finish. Him. Let's are let they him all finish. lying? You cover up stories on the right. And let's let him finish. You, you cover up stories on the right and bash everyone on the left. You have no business. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's well, the that caller's statement. That's a good example of I would I would yeah, invite that caller Adam Smith. Adam Smith, good name. I would invite Adam Smith to read the book Catch and Kill right. by Ronan Farrell. And take read a look the at the story. Project this Veritas is, this tapes. This is not too. some right-wing uh, reporter. Read the story and and uh, and follow through on it. Back shortly. Some kids never smile. They're embarrassed by their crooked teeth. They want braces like the other kids, but their families can't afford them. Some may even try to straighten their teeth themselves. That can make everything worse. Luckily, there's Donated Orthodontic Services, a program from the American Association of Orthodontists. It helps provide orthodontic treatment to kids and teens whose families can't afford it. For kids who apply, are approved, and are matched with a volunteer orthodontist, it can be life-changing. Their treatment is in the hands of an expert, a licensed local orthodontic specialist who improves their smiles by correctly aligning teeth and jaws. Some kids think they'll never smile again, but donated orthodontic services may help them smile with confidence. To link to the application and eligibility requirements, visit aaoinfo.org. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Uh, Judith, you were picking up on something that... uh... Ken had to say during the break? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it, well it, we're talking it, about the, right. the, the broader issue right. of, of sexual, sexual harassment, harassment and, and right. rape. This is, this is the new way of calling people a communist, okay? Back in the 50s when you wanted to get somebody in the 60s, you called them a communist. Their life was over. That was it. They were done. Um, back in the 80s when I first became a lawyer, you said that people committed child sexual abuse. That was very... Very popular in divorce court. Every time somebody wanted to get a better settlement, they accused their spouse of child sexual abuse. That was another one. So now, um, I mean, I, I can't get into cases that I'm working on, but it is an extremely common thing to happen uh, in the business world. People get accused of sexual abuse all the time. Now, the fact Bill O'Reilly apparently got accused a number of times, uh, and finally the network had enough. And they cut him loose, and that was it, okay? Um, and, and as I think uh, Chris may have said during the break, now he's sitting in the basement somewhere yeah. talking to a, but a he's little handheld camera, but he's making money. where he deserves to be. He's okay. making money, and, and his, I mean, his I just, voice I is still out there. Adam Smith, right. is, Adam Smith exemplifies the caller. too many 
Uh, yeah, Adam Smith, the caller, was quoted by Roberto. Uh, exemplifies too many folks participating in the debate today where he's making assumptions and assertions <coughs> that Just aren't based on facts. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, I abhor what happened at Fox. I'm delighted they got rid of 99% of those people, and they should have gotten rid of them, and they, frankly, should never have allowed things to get to where they got, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and and NBC, very sadly, um, as I think Bruce was just saying, has not removed the people who were involved in right, because Matt Lauer the was Ronan still Farrow. Matt Lauer was still at NBC after Bill O'Reilly was no longer at Fox. And do you mean to tell me that nobody knew what was going on with him? Of course they did, but he was he was their their one Fair of their boy. big guys, and right. they didn't do anything about it. And that's, that's the way it is. So, Let's go to calls. Let's go to Steve in Grantham, uh, New Hampshire, listening to us on WNTK. Go ahead. Hello. Steve, are you there? Let's go to Scott in Austin, Texas, on line four. Are you there? I wanted to respond to some of the things you guys were saying about uh, the Democrat field. Yes. They're uh, continuing to tell us the same things that they've told us for years. And they don't come out and talk to the people. They don't do anything different. They come up with the same solutions that have gotten us 20-something trillion dollars in debt in the bad wars and all these other things. Pete Buttigieg, one guy was defending him. He says that his police officers are out killing unarmed black men for no reason. And his solution is not to go into the community and see what's going on, not to go talk to the police and see what's going on. It's to just say, oh, I'm going to sit in my office, maybe go to a, to a staged event and come up with uh, some policy that, by my own reckoning, uh, sensitivity training, that hasn't worked. And Joe Biden, he wants to bring us the foreign policy expertise that, that helped get us into the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, get us tr tens of trillions of dollars in debt. At least Donald Trump would get out and talk to people. At least Donald Trump would find out what people had to say. Hillary, she couldn't even be bothered to, to campaign. And she wants to tell us either we agree with her or we're horrible human beings. These people are just telling us the same things over and over and over again, and they're not solving anything. They're not offering any solutions. They're just offering talking points that you know, for things that don't work. Let me, let me ask you this question, Scott. Insofar as uh, candidates saying things, would you say the same thing about Bernie Sanders? He's saying some new things. He's providing some specificity on how it's going to be paid for, not maybe to your liking, but is he different than some of the other candidates who aren't as, uh, let's say, a cookie cutter as he is? Back uh, the last couple of election cycles, not just Obama, they talk about we're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to tax the ultra-rich. Who are the ultra-rich? Oh, well, they want you to believe they're the 1%. All right, but when you actually listen to the people they're talking about, they're regular people. So it's like, I, I'm a retired cop, I'm a retired serviceman. I make about forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, but because of the price of the value of my home, my retirement account, how much money I have in the bank, I'm one of those rich people that he wants to tax because we have too much money. He's just offering us a, a different spin or a different way of saying the same things over and over again. And even if you tax but all Scott, the money from all the rich people in the country, you don't have enough money to pay for these programs. That's Chris right. Roebling has a question for your comments. Uh, Scott, Scott. Um, I, I hear you, and I, I agree with you, and I think it's, it's very sad, and I think that the Republicans must not do what the Democrats have done. 
And I think that no, the, they are doing the same thing. Well, and I think that the the, the republic look, the parties need to be close to people. We've got a candidate who's running for state rep. He's out in the 40th district or 42nd or whatever, and he's knocking on doors. And that's where politics begins, is at the doorstep and, and at the kitchen table and listening to people. Now, sometimes you listen to people and you end up thinking the right way to go is the Democratic Party. Okay. Sometimes you listen to people and you think the right way to go is a Republican. Okay, fine. Republican, Democrat, different ways. What I was a Democrat until I was 21 years old or so, until Carter accepted the nomination. That's when I switched. And I have to be honest and say, I think that the party has just gone down and down and down ever since I left. And, and here's where it's gone. It basically serves ultra-left-wing interest groups and public employee unions who are its basic funding source. Mm -hmm. And I think that has well, alienated it from regular people in regular neighborhoods who pay taxes and have to pick up the tab for all of the agreements that are made to fund the public employee union. Roberto, and then just, we're going to go back just to you, Just wanted to Scott. say thank you Roberto. for the service, you know, as a, as a law enforcement officer. Uh, we don't say that enough, and especially as Dems. We have not done a good job up to now of, of being respectful to what cops do for this country uh, and service members. But that's changing, I would argue. And, you know, I spend my weekends just listening to Republicans. That's all I do now. And we're, we're, we're far enough away from the election that there are some folks that are going to come across. Let's say it's 2%. That might be enough, but we've been wrong in the past, and we're here to listen, and we really, really want – I mean, you're in Texas. We're not, we're not predicting Texas is going to flip, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Well, right? you might not be, but others if, are. If right? enough people start listening to each other, maybe we'll come up with some better ideas. Is, is the Democratic Party – have they been too focused on black and brown voter recruitment to the detriment of a larger white population? I, I think no, like both parties, like both parties, they don't care. They only care about. I'm. This is both parties. Sure. They only care about black and brown voters during election season. But the same problems been going on for 50, 60 years, and nothing has changed. How can you say that they care? I got Ken. I, gotta, I want. Oh, go, I want to hear oh, Ken's response. I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you, Scott. Um, I do think that both parties have a very bad history of pandering to black and brown communities mm -hmm. without doing the work. I have no disagreement. No, they have a history of not caring. I no, mean, I, I agree. I agree. But but look at look at what's going on now with with Donald Trump. All right, um, having having been elected and having worked on lowering unemployment, um, eighty percent of the new jobs that are created have have gone to black and brown people. The black and brown people of this country, many of them are starting to notice this. Well, they're starting to notice that they're. I mean, there is somebody who hasn't pandered to them. He's somebody who's gone in and done something for them. I, and and yeah, a number he's, he's of black... The exception. I'm sorry? He's the exception. Okay, but, well... I'm white from Austin. My wife is black from Philadelphia. And going to people in Philadelphia and Brooklyn where her family is from, hmm. blacks and whites want essentially the same things. We want good schools. We That's want safe streets. Right, we, we want jobs. Right. You know, you, you, you want to raise your children like we're in a safe environment. Different. Yeah, I mean, and, and Donald Trump is trying to deliver that to people who didn't vote for him. All right. And he's hoping, he's hoping, and the Republican Party is hoping that some of those people are going to notice and they're going to cross over the other way and they're going to vote for him next time around. Think about that. And that's that. why my wife and I voted for him. All right. Because at least he will talk to you. At least he will listen. 
and at least he's doing something that isn't the same stuff that's gotten us into this. You know, I think think the the caller is making a very important point. Absolutely. Trump, I made this point about Hillary Clinton and the deplorables and the deplorables becoming the irredeemables. What do we see on the Republican side? Even if you dislike Donald Trump, you have to look at these 30,000 or 20,000 person rallies We've got 20,000 people inside a stadium or an arena Mm -hmm. and another 10,000 people outside who couldn't get in, and they're watching him almost transfixed by the guy. Now, I know a lot of our Democrat friends want to say, oh, well, that shows that he's Hitler. Of course, it doesn't show that he's Hitler. What it does show is, I think, exactly what the caller's talking about and what Roberto's been mentioning, and that is that he is constantly listening to, you know, regular people and their problems and, and trying who, to fix them who turns out who are the 30,000 that turn out in uh, Texas or wherever he was regular people you don't have folks going there from the east coast intelligentsia or the west coast elites you've got regular Americans going to this stuff and they are clicking with what he is saying and they are evidencing that in their cheers would you say he that part of his appeal is he takes barroom conversations and basically repeats them I to crowds I of 20,000 what, What's plus? wrong with calling it common sense? Well, I, mean, I, I, I don't just, think that I'm not saying – I didn't say that in a derogatory yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's right, right. thousands and hundreds right. of thousands of bars and, and well, taverns and, and around the United our States. Our revolution started in a lot of taverns. That's and correct. Taverns and bars. So that's exactly where it started. But, 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 yeah. but just, Scott. Roberto. There, can there's so can many, I say one last thing? Yes, sir. One last thing and then we got to go. Yes, go ahead. Donald Trump tells it like it is. He says the things that we think. Here's an example. Joe Biden, he did something in the Ukraine that's possibly illegal. Yet nobody cares. You're cute him because he's above the law. But they want to prosecute Trump for doing what they say is the same thing. How is it fair that me, as a regular guy, would have gone to prison for what Comey or McCabe did, but they get away with it? Okay, that's the question. We're going to let Roberto respond to it when we uh, come back from our break, okay? Thanks very much for your call, Scott. 1-800-723-8029. Hi, I'm Debbie Childress, director of the Grayson County Alliance, a food pantry in rural Kentucky. Thanks to a local farmer, we recently received a $2,500 donation from America's Farmers Grow Communities, sponsored by the Monsanto Fund a philanthropic arm of Bayer. As a result, we expanded a classroom where we teach families about nutrition and personal finance. I encourage all farmers to enroll for a chance to direct a $2,500 donation to a local nonprofit. Visit growcommunities.com. To prepare for possible telecom outages, create an emergency communications plan. First, check important cell phone contacts and note local non-emergency numbers. Store at least one contact as in case of emergency and make sure that person knows if you have medical issues. Also, make sure everyone in your house knows how to text. Check backup batteries and fully charge all phones and rechargers and sign up to receive mobile alerts. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. Bruce Dumont back. Uh, we're getting some Facebook response. And by the way, for those uh, who have uh, commented on this, this uh, Adam Smith, uh, is he from Texas? Did you say he was from Texas? Does he say where he's from? Anyway, Adam Smith has responded to us, uh, responded to what Chris had to say. And by the way, you should all know that uh, although we do not get a chance to delve too much into all of the uh, uh, the tweets and the email that we get during the program because we're taking telephone calls and obviously we're engaging our studio uh, guests as well, uh, I do read. Uh, I, I read every tweet. I read every uh, 
uh, comment that is sent to me, and I respond to many of them, uh, or I respond to his virtually all of them. So again, uh, let us know, and uh, uh, it's always good to... By the way, if you also, let me just say this. Uh, if you are a regular listener to the program, uh, you will realize that right now I have... Uh, egg on my face. I don't really have egg on my face because we're on TV. <laughs> but I have egg on my face because uh, Judge Janine Pirro, who was supposed to have called this program about 20 minutes ago, uh, she has not called. And again, a lot of times when you are dealing with, uh, let's say, notable guests, they don't want to give out their numbers because they don't want their number to be known. And so when the publicity department sets up interviews with many talk radio stations and, and personalities, uh, they say, well, at such and such a time, we will call you and we give them our special VIP number. And then we just hope that they will call. And in this particular case, uh, Judge Janine has not called. I don't know why. So I have egg on my face because I promoted the fact that she was going to be on. She's been on the program in the past. Again, the book is Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge. Uh, hopefully she will be a guest on this program at some point. But again, uh, uh, right now at the moment, I don't, I don't want to say she stiffed us, but uh, we don't, uh, we can't. <laughs> I guess I could say that she stiffed us, but uh, she's, not, uh, she's yeah. not here tonight. Uh, but l let me also say that uh, uh, if you... If you're a regular listener to the program and you go uh, to our Facebook, look up Beyond the Beltway Fans. That's, it's, 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 it's different than just the Beyond the Beltway uh, uh, Facebook page. Uh, you go to us and you will get special comments. In other words, those people who are regular guests on the program, we have invited them to uh, post things on the fan page so then if Roberto Montano wants to share something with the collective audience of Beyond the Beltway or Judy Sherwin or Chris Roebling is a prolific uh, Facebook uh, writer, uh, they can do it. Well, you, you're, yeah, you're taking a little sabbatical, but uh, for special occasions you would give some wisdom to our Beyond the Beltway fans. But again, you, you can do that. So Beyond the Beltway fans... Look up that page and ask to join us, and uh, we will uh, let you join us. Let's go to Edward. He's in Chicago. He's been waiting a long time to make his comment. Go ahead, Edward. Well, yeah, that's okay. Uh, this is the day that uh, MacArthur returned, so it's good to return on the airwaves. Good. Uh, I wanted to comment that uh, I do think it's important that we really get down to the issues because um, we can't uh, debate by insults. We have to debate by issues. and. If you've been watching the news, uh, what's happening in Latin America, Lebanon, sure. uh, Hong Kong, if we don't deal with these issues, civil unrest is what comes next. Mm -hmm. well, that's that, a very important point. You know, right. You know, thank, thank you so much for your patience. Thanks, first, Ed, and like, that's why we're shifting gears on our side of the aisle. And we're trying to listen. We're going out and we're talking to Republicans directly. We're listening what's on their minds. Um, you know, when you say your side of the aisle, though, you told me beforehand you you're you're doing this as a volunteer right. when you go to Wisconsin. In other right. words, Tom Perez did not ask no, you. No, so go like to I'll, sh I'll show How up. Do we get Tom Perez to tone it down. Oh, well, I, what I, what I'm doing is I I'll go to a congressional district, the first congressional district. Uh, uh, there is an organizer there, and I just say, hey, can I come hang out with you guys? Uh, Gino Walkington, Emily Furlinger, those okay, people no. work for the party. Okay. And then I'm a private citizen, and I'll say, what do you guys got going on this weekend, and can I be uh, involved? But let, me, let me ask you a question about the debate. Sure. 
when uh, Pete Buttigieg and uh, Amy Klobuchar tried to pin down Elizabeth Warren on the cost of her uh, medical Medicare for All plan. Sure. Um, are you surprised that she doesn't have an answer to that question? Oh, she, she does. She seems to have an answer for everything. <laughs> well, she, she does have an answer you. for that, but she doesn't want to give a talking point for the the later on in she the process. She doesn't want to tell the truth? Well, what she wants to say is, is a little bit more complicated than a quick soundbite. She wants to say the costs are going to be lower. She didn't need a, she didn't need a soundbite. The, the, for, first of all, the question was asked as a yes or no. Right. Are taxes going to go up? You should be able to say yes or no. Sure. You can say yes, but here's what's going to happen. She didn't do that. I mean, she gave an opening to the other candidates. Three of the candidates took advantage of it. Right. Because she's not going to make it all the way unless she provides some specificity. I don't think she can Right. Make that it goes all against her, her, her strength of being a truth teller and having a plan for everything. And, and I would say it's a weakness in her armor. She should have just said yes. costs are going to go down, but taxes will go up. She should have answered the question. And she didn't. And everybody watching the debate knew well, that she didn't I answer mean, the question. She doesn't answer the question. I mean, even even um, Chris Matthews, I mean, it's bounded her on that, that she won't answer the question. Yeah. I mean, everybody understands the arguments that the total cost might be lower. But but that's not the question. The question is, are taxes going to go up? And the answer is yes, they here's will. A, here's the question. Period. Bernie Sanders. He answers I the question. He, he answered the question. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked terrific as a guy that just Absolutely. had a heart attack. Sure. I thought he hey, man. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. He's in the Mick Jagger club. He was on target. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you, I, I, I happen to know Mick Jagger's first comment after his first show, after the thing, after the heart surgery. Which was Which in was Chicago. here in Chicago. I was at the concert. Me too. But his first comment, walking off the stage was, to his paramedic, well... I guess that new heart thing actually works. <laughs> That's what he actually said. That's funny. 60,000 people out there yeah. satisfied. We yeah. all had the time of our lives. Right. Well, he also then got the endorsement of OAC. We want to talk right. about we'll talk about that next week as it'll be part of the ongoing discussion of uh, uh, energy. How important was certainly the energy yeah. uh, in New York City. I mean, that was a huge rally. Even the president has to acknowledge that. Well, maybe he has not done it, but right. the point is uh, uh, AOC is now uh, she's got her stamp on Bernie Sanders' it's a back. Queenmaker. The question is: Is she going to be? Uh, is she going to be a queenmaker, or is that going to be it? Will she? Will only work in Queens. The only question <coughs> is: Can she make it stick? Only two questions in politics: Who makes the call? Can they make it stick? On that note, we are out of time for our guests, Chris Roebling and Judith Sherwin. They have been our Republicans tonight: Roberto Montano and Ken Meha Mehi Mehu Mehia. Mahia Beal has also been with us. Our thanks to Fritz Goldman and Andrew Marshall and Hector Patacho. Did I get that right? And the callers. Hector Hector Pacheco. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, it's close. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. Beautiful. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. 
My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up at Movember.com and raise funds to help change the face of men's health. GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions, don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. 